0: 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 8 in the Amplified we've been using this as our main scripture here uh, in this series that we're talking about right now for physical training in the Amplified. Physical training is of some value useful for a little but godliness spiritual training is useful and of value in everything and in every way for it holds promise for the present life and also the life which is to come. Amen. And so we're talking about the subject of how to stay fit spiritually—that's what we're talking about. How to stay fit spiritually? We know that he's comparing, right here, that you know physical exercise is profitable for this particular, this natural life only. Amen. But godliness has profit in this life now, but also in the life that which is to come when we get to heaven. Amen. So godliness is a good thing, isn't it? Yes. Praise the Lord. Now, Proverbs chapter. Eighteen. If you go there in the Amplified again, we're looking at this coupled along with this scripture in Proverbs, the 18th chapter, and the 14th verse, Proverbs 18, verse 14. The Bible tells us here that the strong spirit, say strong spirit. Strong spirit. Okay, well, God wants us to be strong. He doesn't want us to be weak, amen? The strong spirit of a man will sustain him in bodily pain or trouble, but a weak and broken spirit who can raise up and bear. Isn't that good? So the strong spirit, now we know that, you know, the Bible teaches us that we're a three-part being. We know that. We're a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a physical body. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Okay. Paul said, I pray God that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So your spirit is the real you. I'm the, you. know you know that, right? But sometimes it doesn't hurt to hear that again. You are a spirit. That's the real you. Amen. You have a body, you have a soul, and you live in a physical body. Your soul is comprised of your, your emotions, your mind, your will. But your spirit and your soul are connected, even though they're separate. The only thing that can really separate them is what the word of God says. Amen. How many of you know when you go to, go to heaven, your spirit goes, but your soul's with you? Amen? Amen. It's not separate. You're going to get a brand new body, thank God. A glorified body, just like Jesus has. Won't that be wonderful, huh? Praise the Lord. That's what we have in store for us. Amen? So we're talking about some practical things about how to, you know, how to stay fit spiritually. The first thing that we talked about, and I thought I was going to move past this last week, but I just, just felt like there was more territory in this area how to stay fit spiritually. Now, we know that there's a, diff- there's, a, there's a similarity between physical development and spiritual development. Nobody is born full-grown, okay? When you're born, you come out of your mother's womb, you know? You don't come out full-grown. You come out as a brand-new baby. And the Bible says that, you know, we're newborn babes in Christ Jesus. You know, as newborn babes, we're to desire the sincere milk of the Word that we may grow thereby, 1 Peter two two. Amen. So nobody's nobody's born nobody's born physically full grown. Neither is anybody born spiritually full grown. You start out as an infant. Amen. Everybody, pull your pacifiers out. See <laughs> so God. You know God wants His people. Now the thing is, natural growth is pretty much automatic. If you just eat, you're going to grow. All right. Spiritual develop <laughs> spiritual development. We know that, right? Spiritual development is not a given. A person can be, can be born again, a man or woman can be born again for 50 years and still be a spiritual babe. Amen. Amen? It's a sad indictment, but it's, it, it ought not be that way. We ought to always be growing and developing and, and maturing in the things of God and not stay a, a crybaby. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. And a lot of times people, you know, that they, they get their feelings hurt really easily and things like that. They're spiritual babies. Amen. I know there's no one here like that. You know, I'm just teasing. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, uh, how you, you know, how you handle correction is a good indicator of how spiritual you really are. Amen. Praise the Lord. How you handle correction is a good indicator of how spiritual you really are. Now, the Word of God is good. It's profitable unto men to edification, exhortation, comfort, and instruction. Amen? And so when the Word of God is given, it's going to have an edifying effect to it. It's going to have a corrective ed- set to it. Amen? And I think sometimes where people get off is they become all corrective. Okay? And if it's just that way, people get discouraged. Think, what else am I doing wrong? You know what I'm saying? So there's a there's a fine balance with that. And I think that's really the job of a pastor to bring that to the table, amen? And, uh, you know, pastoring is like preparing a meal, amen? And when we uh, uh, put something together, when I put something together, it's like a three-course meal that we lay it out there, but you still have to do the eating, amen? Well, part of that is just being here today, amen, and being a part of that. But he says right here, that the strong spirit of a man will sustain him in bodily pain or trouble. Now, what does that mean? That means, uh, you know, your body's gonna have some challenges and things like that. I had some this week, amen? But you know what? We overcame it. We overcame it. Thank you for your prayers, <laughs> amen? I'm so thankful for that, amen? Because uh, the Bible doesn't say that the devil wouldn't try to come against us. He tries to come against us, but he's a, he's a fat loser, there's a TV program, I don't know if it's still out, called The Biggest Loser. Yeah. Right? It's about weight loss and things like that. You know, they get a guy that comes out there who's about 800 pounds, you know. Well, yeah, he needs to lose some weight. Amen. <laughs> well, he didn't get that way by fasting, I can tell you that. You know what I'm saying? Well, the biggest loser is Satan. Amen. I mean, he's an archangel, right? There's three archangels, Gabriel, Michael, and Lucifer. And every one of those angels had a third of the angels underneath them. They they still do, except Lucifer. When Lucifer rebelled against God and and said, I will exalt myself above the throne of God, I will be like the most high God. It says that in the Bible, right? In Ezekiel and Isaiah. I will be like five I wills. It's all selfish, okay? And, uh, you know, the Bible says he fell like lightning from heaven. Jesus said, behold, in Luke ten nineteen, he says, I beheld Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And he took his angels with him. Amen. And that's why you have demons and evil spirits and so forth and so on. Amen. I mean, dumb and dumber. Who in their right mind thinks they're going to, he must have believed it, that he was going to overtake and be just like the most high God. You know what I mean? Think about that. He thought he was going to do that. Well, you're not going to pull that over on God. He booted them out of heaven. Thank God. Amen? It's okay to hate the devil. That's one person you want to hate with a godly hatred. We don't hate people, but we hate the devil and what he he does and represents. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. Greater is he, say it. Say, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. Okay. Now, the first thing we were talking about is how to stay spiritually fit. And you know, when you're physically fit, you know, there's, there's some real benefits to that. And I'm totally for that. You know, you can build your immune system up. You can build your endurance up. You can keep yourself from being injured if you're in shape. Okay? And it's good. Do, do what's best for you. Praise the Lord. That's not my sermon today. But you know, when you're spiritually in shape, you can handle, like this scripture, if a strong spirit of, if spirit of man is strong, it can, it can bear physical pressure that comes against you. Amen? No matter what it is in the natural, you can, if your spirit man is strong, you can rise up and say, no, you don't. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Do you know uh, what's, what's amazing about the Lord is that He is, uh, about you personally, is that as a believer, all the quit is in your head. It's not in your heart. When you're tempted to cave in and give up and quit and cast away your confidence and you know and lay aside your faith, that is not your spirit. That's your head. Okay, and we're not to be head led. We're to be spirit led, and we're to let our spirits dominate our physical body. Amen. Um. Right now, when I'm presenting the Word of God to you, man, I'm, I'm, my, my spirit, man, through my body is yielded to the Lord, to the best of my knowledge, to be able to give you the good Word of God this morning, amen, to help you. And so the first way to stay spiritually fit is to that the, uh, the Word of God has to have preeminence or first place. The Word of God has to have first place or preeminence, the Word of God. That's so important. And we saw the scripture in, uh, you know, uh, 1 John chapter 2. I'll just quote it here. 1 John chapter 2, verse 14. The apostle John said, I've written unto you fathers because you've known him that is from the beginning. I've written unto you, young men, because you are strong. And notice this, the word of God abideth in you and you have overcome the wicked one. So the apostle John is writing here. And this could pertain to us too. He said, you young men, you're strong. Why? Because the Word of God is abiding in you, and as a result, you overcome the evil one. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. I referred to the scripture there uh, a few minutes ago in Colossians 3.15, or 16, actually. It says, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Well, if, it's, if it could dwell in you richly, it could also dwell in you what? Poorly. 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 Right? Well, God wants His Word, it's the Word of God, to dwell in us richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Amen. So you have something to give to help people when you have the Word of God. You know, you can only help people, if you stop and think about it, you can only really help people to the degree that the Word of God is sufficient inside of you. When there's no word, there's no anointing. When there's no word inside you, you're limited to what you can do. You're just limited, downgraded to psychology. And psychology, unfortunately, has come across many pulpits, you know, instead of the word of God. It's psychology, okay? It's, it's that it's the word of God that's gonna sustain you in times of trouble. There's nothing else that's gonna sustain you, amen? The Bible says that men's hearts will f- Fail them for fear of looking after the things that are coming upon the earth. Well, you know what? I'm not looking after the things that are coming on this earth. I'm not ignorant of those things, but I know this God's going to take care of us no matter what. Amen. Amen. He's going to take care of us. Amen. You're not going to hear me preach now, go out and buy some dry food and store it up for 15 months. Not going to do that. Okay? But you've got ministries that are doing that and they're playing on people's fears. Oh, yeah. It's a sad indictment against ministers. Yes, okay? Yes. Now, if the Holy Ghost tells you to do something, that's a whole other thing entirely. Right. But you know, there's a, there's a lot of ministries that are making mm-hmm. a lot of money on selling fear so that people can get stored food. Yep. Okay? I know it firsthand. I know somebody that knows about it, and they are raking in a lot of money. And they're playing on the fears of people. That's wrong. Okay? You know, you can get people to do different things. You can either do it by fear or you can do it by the Word of God. I'd rather do it by the Word of God. Amen? And so we have to have the Word of God on the inside of us. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let's go over to James chapter 4 again. James chapter 4. Your spirit is like a bag. And it has seed in it, the Word of God. And even today, when you're hearing the Word of God, that spirit part of you, that bag, if you will, is getting, that Word's being sown on the inside of you. Praise God. Now in James chapter 4, verse 6, it says, uh, I think we saw this last week, it says, But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but gives grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore unto God. That's the word. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Is that what it says? Yeah. it'll flee, He'll flee from you. That means you can be a devil chaser. And demons and devils should run from you. And when you come around, they should get pretty upset and they should want to leave. Oh, here comes sister so-and-so again. Here comes brother so-and-so again. They know who they are in Christ. They know the authority that they have. <laughs> Amen. And they just got to leave. Now, James was the half-brother of Jesus. He had the same mother. Amen. And uh, Joseph was his father. Jesus was, you know, Jesus had other brothers and sisters, you know that? He was the firstborn, of course. You know? He was the first one to come out of Mary's womb because God was his father, but then they had other children after that, right? And the Bible's very clear about he had brothers and sisters, okay? Probably like an Italian family, got a bunch of kids. You know what I'm saying? They had a bunch, they had a bunch, praise the Lord. And, you know, James grew up in the household of Jesus, you know, Jesus being the older brother, don't you think he observed certain things? Of course he did, you know. And James had more, in the New Testament, he had more revelation about the tongue than any other writer in the New Testament. How do you think he got that revelation? With, Yeah, being with his brother, with Jesus. Watching how his words controlled everything. But the tongue is like the horse's bridle, amen, and like the rudder of the ship, you know, can control the whole body. You know what I'm saying? And in, in this fourth chapter here, we see that he gives more grace. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. But verse 7 is, I want to focus on this right here. Submit yourself, therefore, unto God. Now, that's something that we have to do. It's not something that God's going to, God's not going to humble us. Or, or if that were the case, he would humiliate us because he's not going to make anybody Get humble, but we have to humble ourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God. Amen. But he says, Submit yourself therefore to God, that will be the word. Resist the devil, and guess what? He will flee from who? From you. From you. Now, you cannot resist the devil until you are submitted. To God. Do you see that? Sometimes we, uh, maybe I've done it too in the past, not recently, but, you know, people say, you know, just resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Well, that's part of the scripture. You know, you've got to take the whole, the whole scripture right there. But it says, submit yourself, therefore, unto God. That's the word of God. Then when you resist Satan, he will flee from you. Amen. And the perfect picture we have there is the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, in the wilderness. In fact, let's go over there again because I want to see something here in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. And I really encourage you to bring your Bibles to church or your electronic device, but bring the Word of God with you. Get used to having the Word. Get used to having your Bible, okay? That's your weapon. That's your armor. It's the Word of God. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that we have a screen that has the lyrics up there, or the, uh, you know, whether it's song lyrics or the scripture. I'm glad, but don't lean on that. Okay? You hear me? Bring your Bibles. Get a Bible. If you don't have one, I'll buy one for you. Amen? And, um, and, and mark it, write it, underline certain things in there, because it's, it's, it's the thing that you need more than anything else in these last days. We need the Word of God like never before. Amen? Well, we see that, that Jesus uh, had some things come against him. Let me turn back my page here. Jesus had some things come against him like all of us do, except his was way worse than what you and I could ever... He was tempted in every single point, the Bible says, yet he didn't sin. Okay? Okay? And we saw this last week here, but I want to just go over this slowly again because I want, I want you to see the pattern of how Jesus functioned when he was under pressure. This is the exact way that we are to respond when we are under pressure. Okay? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Verse 1 says Then Jesus was led of the Spirit up into the wilderness there to be tempted of the devil. And, uh, you know, the Holy Ghost had to lead him to be tempted of the devil because he had to pass the test that Adam failed. You can't say that about yourself, that the Holy Spirit led you to be tempted and tested of the devil. Okay? But Jesus had to be. He had to be tempted of the devil. He had to pass the test. All right? For you and for me. So keep that in mind here. And when he had fasted 40 days and nights afterward, he was hungry. And when the tempter came to him, the devil said unto him, If you be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Okay, so you have the first temptation here. I'm just going to go through this rather quickly here. The first temptation is turn these stones into bread, Right? Well, Jesus said it is written, he quoted a scripture in Deuteronomy 8.3, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Okay? So here we have the very first temptation right here. Okay? That we have written in the word of God. We know he was tempted in every way, but we have it written down here. But uh, what did Jesus do when the devil came to him? He used the scripture, which is the power of God. You know, Jesus told the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees, he says, you do err not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. I thought about that one day. I thought the scriptures are the power of God. He said, you're an error, Pharisees, not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. Hallelujah. In the scriptures is the power of God. I remember when uh, reading about the Apostle Paul when he was in prison, not for drug smuggling, but for preaching the gospel. Yeah. He was telling uh, somebody, he says, make sure you bring the parchments. Okay? Right. What's that? Notes, word of God. He said, bring those to me. They're profitable. <laughs> Amen? Amen. So even while he was in jail, he, Paul said, look, I'm leaning on the Word of God. God did get him out of there, praise the Lord. Amen? He said the Word of God is not bound. But notice that Jesus spoke a scripture, one scripture, when the enemy came against him. But he didn't go fishing for it. Now that's the key right there. He was prepared, okay? Like training camp. He was prepared, all right? We're in training. When you come to church, folks, you are in training, okay? Right? It's easier to just drop out and not come around, you know what I'm saying? But let me tell you something. That's, that's part of your training. You've got to be in church. Amen? That's part of your training. You've got to stay faithful, hooked, plugged, because in these last days, you're going to need it because if you get weak, you're going to fall by the wayside and fall prey to the enemy and his tactics and tricks. That's just the way it is. Okay? I mean, I get, I get blessed coming here. I get blessed being around you. I get blessed by the word that comes right back at me. Amen? Well, the, the scripture tells us here that Jesus quoted a scripture. Well, did he let the word of God dwell on him richly? He sure did. Hallelujah. He let the word of God dwell in him richly. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's just give him praise right now. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. We praise you. We bless you right now, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for the word. Praise the Lord. So when the time when the time came, when the time came of a temptation, he had something that he already had placed inside of him, that the Holy Spirit brought it up at the time that he needed it as a form of remembrance. I, mean, I mentioned this way way back. It's been a long time since I shared this, but I remember when I first. Uh, well, actually, I wasn't in, in like 11th grade, 10th grade, something like that, and I had uh, a couple of my neighbors. Um, where, uh, would have me cut their grass. So I had a couple of yards that I would do, you know, my son has got like a, over 50 yards. He does a week, but I wasn't doing that. But, uh, you know, um, I remember it was a hot summer day and I had just started to get into the word of God. I'd started going to a church, you know, and I was, uh, you know, I was just getting the word, you know, built up on the inside of me. And, uh. It was a really hot July, summer day, and I remember I took my shirt off. I was cutting grass. It was just really sticky and hot, one of those kind of miserable days that you get sometimes, you know? And uh, and I came across a large bush, and I was cutting around it, and there was a swarm of bees. There was a nest inside this uh, this uh, bush, and I hit it real hard with my mower. I didn't, didn't know they were in there. I was like, surprise, surprise. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And... Uh, And, uh, you know, and I got my shirt off, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of skin that's there for them to say they can have a heyday with these bees, right? I mean, and you can't outrun them. There was no pawns for me to jump in like on the cartoons, you know? So, you've seen that, haven't you? And so, uh, but immediately when that happened, I'd been sitting under the Word of God, just started going to a good Word church, you know? And, uh. And I said out loud instantly, because I felt like this rush of like energy come to me, like, you know, and I said, nothing shall by any means hurt me. And I said that, and I just stood there, and they all left. Didn't get stung by one, not one of them, okay? And, you know, kind of baffled me, because I'm thinking, when that happened, it was so automatic, you know, I thought, I know it's a scripture, but where is that? You know what I'm saying? Well, I went back up into my house in my bedroom. You know, this is before I met Lynn, of course. And I looked it up in my Big Strong's Concordance, you know, and uh, found out it was in Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Jesus said, Behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Amen. And I thought... Well, I must have heard that scripture at some point because the Holy Ghost can't bring something to your remembrance if you never heard it in the first place. Right. Isn't one of His jobs to bring to your remembrance yes. that which you've heard? Yes. Well, if you never heard it, He can't bring it to remembrance. It's like a computer; if it's not on the hard drive, you can't pull it up. Amen. Your spirit's like a hard drive, and you download the scriptures to your your hard drive, your spirit. And when the time comes, praise the Lord protection is there. Amen? And I was like, oh, Father, thank you for that. Man, I'd learned something, you know, big time that day. Well, fast forward several years later, about two years ago, um, I'm walking on this, this trail. I like to walk on this trail that's a nature trail, you know. I like to walk and pray and talk to the Lord, you know. And, and, uh, and I, a lot of times that's where I spend my time and I'm praying for all of you, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and I just enjoy spending time with the Lord and just walking you know, I'm not necessarily on my knees, but I'm walking and I'm praying. You can talk to God anywhere, yeah. right? And, uh, you know, and all, all of a sudden, I'm walking, I was just about back to my vehicle where I parked my car, and I'm walking up this little slight hill, and, and I heard, boom, right behind me, and I felt the ground shake. So, you know, so immediately I turned around. Well, there was a, a massive... Uh, Amount of, uh, I think they were cherry trees, like the, the old, you know, the hardwood cherry trees, really big. And there was, a, there was a grove of those things. I was walking through it, and one of the branches, it was about this thick, massive branch. You know, the tree is probably 100 years old at least, or close to that. And the, the branch broke off. Right as I was walking underneath, and it was about 20 to 30 feet up in there, this massive branch, okay? And it fell down, and I was only about a step and a half away from where I just walked through that area. I just walked through there, and I I heard, boom, and I felt the ground shake. You know, that'll get your attention. And I looked around, and, and it was... When I turned around, I could see bark shooting everywhere because it hit so hard and it was splintering and, you know, and so forth and so on. I thought, I thought, Jesus, man. Now, I, I wasn't say I was like Mr. Magoo. You know, you're Mr. Magoo. He's always avoiding all these things. It's better than that. <laughs> sir. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> he just avoids disaster all the time, you know what I'm saying? I remember that. Okay. That kind of dates, dates us a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, that's not the first time something like that happened to me, but the Bible says in Psalm 91, a thousand will fall. See, when I pray, I quote that scripture. I quote the whole, when I pray that over myself, I pray that over y'all. Psalm 91, Psalm 23, Psalm 103, Isaiah 54, and a bunch of other single scriptures throughout the Bible, Okay. Because could the, best, the most effective way that you can pray is pray the scripture over Amen. people because you can't miss it. When you pray the word of God and, and you pray for yourself and for other people, you're praying in line with God's word because it's his will. Amen. Okay? And so I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for Psalm 91. A thousand will fall at my side, ten thousand in my right hand, but it will not come near me. I had just got done praying that a few minutes before that. Okay? Now, little did I know that a massive tree branch was going to fall... Just inches behind me. No doubt. If that tree branch would have hit me, I wouldn't be here today. Okay. Amen. And, uh, bet. It's not an automatic. We have to activate the Word of God, the Scripture, the promises of God. And, you know, and you know, I think there's, what, 16 verses, I think, in Psalm 91. The only, the only ones that we're responsible for is verse 1 and 2. Amen? He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That's verse 1, number 2. Verse 2 says, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, and Him will I trust. Then it goes on to say, God says, Surely I will deliver thee from the snare of the fowler, from the noise and pestilence and all these diseases and I mean it's like the day we're living in right now right amen and he says I will protect you from these things but we have to be the ones that open our mouth and say you are my refuge you are my fortress you are my God and you I will trust you know God always does the hard part he gives us the easy part (laughs) amen it's not hard it's not hard for God, but it is for us. Amen. God says, I'll provide for you. I'll protect you. I'll watch over you. Now, how many of you can attest there's been times in your life, you know, where, where I mean, I know there's several times in my life where there was tragedy and accidents that happened. They were so close. So close. You know, there's times I I, I drowned. You know, I've talked about that before. And, you know, in Ohio Powell state park in the, in the river there you know and God supernaturally protected me you know and I just I look back I think God you've kept me your power has kept me all these days even recently just a few days ago <laughs> amen. amen there's nothing wrong <laughs> amen hallelujah. hallelujah there was no heart attack there was no clogging amen it's all good Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The Lord's good, isn't he? The keeping power of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now, Pastor Keith, could you do a better job at certain things? Of course. Okay? I do my best to keep my cares cast on the Lord. Amen? Amen? You know, when you pastor a church sometimes, the cares... Of everything try to come on you sometimes but you know what that's not my care that's not my care you're not my care do i care for you of course you understand what i'm saying yes. that my job is to pray for you and prepare and teach and prepare a meal for you so that when you come you got something to feed upon amen